No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that after David's triumph over Goliath, Jonathan loves him as his own soul. But Saul looks at David with a different eye. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. How the Mighty Have Fallen is a lyric to a song David would later write. It well described his victory over Goliath as he killed the mighty giant with a sling and stone and then cut off his head with Goliath's own sword. But sadly, it would also describe how King Saul would also fall. He was already on his descent while the Lord was raising up David to be king of Israel. After David slew Goliath, Saul called him in to talk with him. Evidently, Saul's son Jonathan was present for this conversation. We continue today in 1 Samuel chapter 18. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. This began a beautiful friendship between Jonathan and David. Today, we might call it a bromance. Jonathan loved David as his own soul because really the two were soul mates. They both had great faith in God to deliver despite impossible odds. They both had a courageous warrior's heart and both cared more about God's glory than about personal fame or status or position. Jonathan and David made a covenant that they would love and protect each other, a covenant they would honor until they would die. Jonathan was the prince and David was was a shepherd, youth of modest means. And so Jonathan clothed David with his own robe, armor, sword, bow, and belt. We don't know how much Jonathan knew of the Lord's anointing of David at this point. Later, Jonathan would come to know that David was God's choice to succeed his dad as king of Israel. But there was never any sign of jealousy in Jonathan's heart. He was completely content with David to take the place that God had called him to. But for now, Jonathan was simply possessed by a selfless love for his comrade, whom he greatly admired for killing the giant Goliath. When Jonathan loved David as his own soul, really, he was just doing what Moses and Jesus command us all to do. Love your neighbor as yourself. Even Saul seemed to join in this spirit of love for David at this point. David had been going back and forth between Saul's residence in Gibeah and David's home in Bethlehem. David would be summoned to come and play his harp whenever a distressing spirit from God would come upon Saul, but now Saul put David on his full-time staff. 
So David went out whenever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Ordinarily, a young man could not join the army until he was 20 years old. David was probably now about 18, but who would object to this giant slayer being part of Israel's army? Wherever David went, he behaved wisely. David had it all. He was good-looking, a courageous warrior, and he had wisdom beyond the years of his youth. No wonder Saul set David over his men of war. But it's interesting that they accepted David as their leader. He had a natural charisma. He was attractive inside and out. And David was with them, going in and out, fighting the Lord's battles alongside the men. Therefore, he quickly became a popular leader. Now, it happened as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing, to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry. And the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. No doubt King Saul had grown accustomed to the homecoming victory celebration after a battle. When the army would arrive in the city of Israel and the women would all come out singing and dancing with tambourines and musical instruments and they would sing this song, Saul has slain his thousands. No doubt Saul loved that lyric. It was his favorite song. But now they added a new verse and David is ten thousands. Immediately Saul became very angry. What? They have credited David with ten thousands and me only thousands? What else is left but to give him the kingdom? It is interesting that Saul didn't know at this point that Samuel had anointed David to be king, but he already suspected that the kingdom would go to David. When God's hand is on someone, nothing will prevent that person from advancing in God's time. Psalm 75, 6 says, For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Whether God puts down or raises up, who can stop his hand? The more we just relax and let God do what he's going to do in these affairs, the happier we will be. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand and Saul cast the spear for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. It is interesting that with this distressing spirit from God, Saul prophesied. I don't quite understand how that worked, except 
that this spirit came upon Saul in such a way that his words came from God. Perhaps it was in a way like when Annas, the high priest, prophesied about Jesus when he said, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. And the Apostle John tells us that he didn't say this on his own authority, but being high priest, he prophesied that Jesus would die for Israel and for the world. But just because Saul prophesied, it didn't mean that his heart was right. As David played his harp, Saul picked up a spear and threw it at David, hoping to pin him to the wall and kill him. This happened two more times, and David escaped on both occasions. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore when Saul saw that he behaved wisely, he was afraid of him, but all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. Now, the problem with Saul is that he became envious of David when he heard the women singing David's praises, and Saul became angry, and that anger turned into envy, and the envy turned into hatred, and ultimately he sought to murder David. Warren Wearsby says, Envy is the pain we feel within when somebody achieves or receives what we think belongs to us. Envy is the sin of successful people who can't stand to see others reach the heights they have reached and eventually replace them. You see, had Saul been of a different nature, he would have received what Samuel said. He would have realized that he disobeyed God, and that's why God was taking the kingdom away from him. And though he didn't like it, if he would have submitted himself to God's will in this and just allowed God to have his way, it could have been so much different. Instead, he resisted God. He envied and hated David and sought to do everything that he could to prevent David from becoming king and even to kill David. But the harder Saul tried to kill David, the more God intervened and the more Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that the Lord had left him. It was a losing battle from Saul's perspective. And how tragic it is when people fight a losing battle against the Lord. Rather than seeking the Lord's will for their lives, they look at somebody else. They become envious of that person. They want their title or their position or their gifts or, or their income or their possessions or their husband or their wife or their house or whatever it is. And rather than just realizing that Godliness with contentment is great gain. Finding what it is that God wants to give them. Resting from their own works of advancing themselves and trusting in the Lord to advance them as he sees fit. There's so much more joy in that. And yet you see so many people striving in their flesh and seeking to take away from somebody else what God has given them. Oh, that we might find the peace It comes with resting in the Lord 
and receiving that which God has given to us. Jonathan had the right attitude. He supported David. He became David's friend, even though David would be king rather than him. But Jonathan knew, look, hey, I can be by your side then. If God chooses you to be king, then I'm going to be your best assistant, and we're going to be in this together. What a much better attitude Jonathan had. And may we also share that same attitude that our hearts might be knit together with those whom God's hand is upon. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are in control of all things, that you love us, that you have a plan for our lives, for each one of us, Lord. You know the plans you have for us, not to harm us, but to give us a future. And I pray, Father, that we would be open to receiving that. Lord, that we would look away from striving in ourselves to make things happen and that rather we would seek your will and allow you to go before us and bring to us the perfect gifts you have for each one of us, Lord. Forgive us where we are envious of others, Lord, and help us to rather delight in your will. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we will see where Saul offers to David his youngest daughter, McCall, in marriage but all the while he hopes she will be a snare to him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible.